2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
3: a star athlete
4: embarks on a caribbean cruise with her family i thought well that would just be a fantastic trip of a lifetime in international waters she suddenly
3: goes missing from her cabin
5: I looked out on the balcony and Amy wasn't there.
4: Leaving her tight-knit family desperate for answers. I told him, you can't do this. You can't lower the gangplank. you got to back the ship off of the dock. Over the course of 20 years, they've traveled the world to find her.
1: Amy! It was a ghost town. There's nobody anywhere.
3: Their lives forever changed by her baffling disappearance.
1: Because it's torturous to think about a million things and just not know.
4: When somebody takes your daughter, you'll do anything to find your child.
3: March 1998. The Bradley family, Ron, Iva, Brad, and Amy, enjoy a meal aboard the cruise ship Rhapsody of the Seas. They're sailing the Caribbean together, on a week-long family vacation.
5: We had the opportunity to take our kids and thought that would be a really great time.
4: We had all the outfits lined up and the dinners, and there was a karaoke bar there, and there was a casino.
3: The cruise is a great way for the
4: whole family to be
3: together again.
4: And Amy having graduated from college and Brad being in college and 23 and 21 years old, I thought, well, That would just be a fantastic trip of a lifetime.
3: Iva and Ron raised Amy and her younger brother, Brad, in the idyllic Virginia suburb of Chesterfield, where they always provided a happy and secure environment for their kids.
1: We were lucky enough to have a large group of kids in the neighborhood. You know, play cops and robbers on your bikes and go uh, hunting for frogs and salamanders down at the creek. I'm gonna sound really country when I do this. A swim team uh, in the neighborhood was a big deal. Uh, Amy and I were on that together for years and years.
3: 23-year-old Amy has just moved into her own apartment and has plans to start a new job after the cruise.
5: She was offered a, a job with uh, her aunt's husband in the computer business, and she was going to start that when she came back from the trip. So she had a lot of, lot of things going for her.
3: Amy's mother says her daughter has always been driven to succeed.
4: Amy was the only girl on the boys' uh, basketball team, and she always had a tremendous amount of confidence because we raised her that there really wasn't anything that she couldn't do if she wanted to do it.
3: Amy's athletic abilities propel her to success in the world beyond her small Virginia town.
5: After high school, she got a, a full scholarship to play basketball at Longwood, and we never missed a game no matter where it was.
4: She did an amazing job there with everywhere that she went. So she was uh, always extremely competitive in a good way. Despite being an accomplished swimmer, Amy
3: was a little apprehensive when she heard about the cruise, as she's always been afraid of the open ocean.
1: Amy hadn't ever been on a cruise, and she wasn't a big fan of big boats and open water and all that kind of stuff, but we, um, We talked a lot about it, and I explained to her how much fun I had on the one I had been on previously. And with a little
3: coaxing from her brother, Amy eventually came around. On March 21st, Rhapsody of the Seas boarded in San Juan, Puerto Rico.
4: The whole family was
3: impressed by the massive size of the
4: ship. As far as the number of people, probably 2,000-plus on the cruise we were on. So it is a floating city.
3: The Bradley cabin is situated on the 10th floor deck with sweeping views of the ocean. The family of four shares the room, bringing them back to the old days before the kids went to live on their own. After two days at sea, the Bradleys are in their cabin, getting ready for a formal dinner on board.
5: We were all dressed in the tucks and the gowns, and uh, I remember Amy coming up to us and had a rose for each one of us, so that was pretty special.
3: The Bradleys dine alongside other guests as the cruise liner makes its way from its first stop of Aruba to the island of Curacao.
1: We're with a large group of people that were you know, just having a nice conversation and having a good time, eating awesome food, taking pictures with each other. It was exciting.
3: After dinner, Ron, Iva, Brad, and Amy change into more casual clothes and go to the
4: ship's upper pool deck for a calypso party.
5: We went up on the top deck and everybody was having a great time.
4: And the deck was full of people. The band was playing. It was very festive. The family dances the evening away,
3: enjoying the warm Caribbean air and the house band, Blue Orchid. Amy befriends some of the ship's crew, and Brad mingles with some of the other passengers. Around 1 AM, Ron and Iva decide to call it a night.
1: So they came up to both of us and you know told us they loved us and they were going to head to bed. Amy and her brother Brad
3: followed the rest of the partygoers from the pool deck into the ship's dance club.
1: I had met a couple of girls and I was kind of hanging out with them. We kind of did our own thing in the disco that night. A few
3: hours later, Brad finally runs out of gas and decides to call it a night.
1: I went back to the cabin by myself at probably 3.45, and Amy probably came in, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes later. When she came back to the room, I was sitting on the balcony, and um, she came out and joined me.
3: The Bradley family cabin has its own balcony, looking out onto the moonlit Caribbean Sea.
1: We sat out there and talked about what we were gonna be doing the next day. And I explained to her that I'd never been to Curacao, which is where we were heading next.
3: Around 4 a.m., Brad tells Amy that he's ready to go to sleep.
1: She said she didn't want to go into the room. She wanted to stay out where the wind was blowing and, and stay in the fresh air. So I told her I loved her and went to bed.
3: Sometime before sunrise, Amy's father, Ron, wakes up and sees Amy still sitting out on the balcony.
5: And I said, oh, good, she's safe. Everybody's here. So I just laid back down and shut my eyes. Seemed like just a few minutes, and then something woke me up again, close to 6 o'clock, and I looked out on the balcony, and Amy wasn't there.
3: Her bed is also empty. At first, Ron isn't concerned by Amy's absence. He assumes she's smoking a cigarette on deck or taking photos of the sunrise somewhere else on the ship.
5: So I said, well, I'm just gonna go up here and see if I can find her. I Didn't want to startle Brad or startle Ava, so I just went up and looked for
3: her. Ron searches all along the outer decks, hallways, and open spaces on the ship. An hour later, he still hasn't found his daughter, and he rushes back to the cabin to tell his wife and son That he can't find amy
5: on the way back when i finished looking i was coming back to the room and the head security officer was standing about i guess 30 40 feet from my room and told him that i you know
3: amy was missing
5: and then i went back to the room
3: by the time ron makes it back to the cabin he's panic-stricken
4: woke up uh he touched my foot at uh, seven in the morning and I didn't even recognize him.
5: I remember waking her up and telling her, I can't find Amy, and her eyes flew open. What do you mean you can't find Amy? I said, I can't find her, she's not in the room.
4: And so, three seconds later, I'm up dressed, and we're running down the hallway. I said, we've gotta go to the purser's desk. We've gotta get down and let somebody know we can't find her.
3: It's been two hours since 23-year-old Amy Bradley was last seen by her family on a cruise ship off the coast of Curacao. As the ship nears its next stop, the Bradley family searches the decks for Amy, appealing to crew members for help.
1: It was it was not normal that she wasn't there or that she left and didn't tell us. Amy's
3: parents, Ron and Iva, say they tell the ship's captain that they can't find Amy.
5: We told them that our daughter was missing. Could they please make an announcement or do something to
3: help us find her? But the Bradleys say he tells them He doesn't want to disturb the other passengers with the news.
4: At this point, I'm crying and saying, give me a supervisor. I need to speak to somebody.
3: As the ship nears its scheduled stop at the island of Curacao, a Dutch territory off the coast of Venezuela, the Bradleys are now desperate with fear. With Amy missing,
4: they don't want anybody leaving the ship. And that's when I told him, you can't do this, you can't lower the... Gangplanks. you got to back the ship off of the dock. And so they did none of that.
3: Cruise company officials later say that they didn't believe foul play was involved in Amy's disappearance. As thousands of passengers disembark to the island, the captain assures the Bradley family he will conduct a thorough search of the entire ship. But several hours later, he returns with bad news. He had come back
5: in and said that they had searched the ship in its entirety and that Amy wasn't on the ship.
4: And I think at that time I, I kind of blacked out a little bit. And so then he suggested because she wasn't on the ship, we had one of two choices. We could stay on the ship or we could disembark on Curacao.
3: After a 12-hour stopover the ship prepares to sail on to its next stop at St. Martin the Bradleys make the agonizing decision to go ashore in Curacao and search for Amy on their own.
5: When they put us off on the island, we didn't have any instructions. It was like, you're just off the ship. So you had to kind of fend for yourself.
3: Disoriented, the Bradleys seize on the American embassy as their only hope in an unfamiliar country.
4: We went over to the embassy, and they were given search grids they were gonna start a search in the ocean.
3: Investigators can't pinpoint exactly when Amy left the ship, only that it was sometime between early dawn when Ron saw her on the balcony and 7 a.m. when she was discovered missing. Thinking she may have jumped or fallen overboard and possibly tried to swim to shore, the local navy begins their search in the waters surrounding Curacao's port.
4: We didn't know where she was. We didn't know where we were. We didn't know what to do.
5: And I remember walking, looking out, and seeing the boats and the helicopters and all the local boats out looking in the water.
3: After hours searching the ocean off Curacao, the teams find no trace of Amy. Despite the captain's assurance she isn't on board, the Bradleys decide to go back to the ship, now docked in St. Martin, to look for their daughter this time. With the support of the FBI, cruise company officials fully cooperate with investigators.
4: We flew from Curacao and we demanded that we be allowed to reboard.
5: The FBI came on and they approached us and told us who they were and told us that they would leave no stone unturned to help find Amy.
2: You interview folks that are uh, last known to have seen that individual or folks that you believe that are involved and a lot of interviews get conducted.
3: FBI agents start with the people on board closest to Amy, her family. And
5: I told my wife at the time that we're suspects just like anybody else would be because we were the last people to see her.
4: They interviewed Ron, myself and Brad separately. They had us sketch out the balcony and where the chairs were, and where Amy was sitting, and all of that.
5: And then uh, they had interviews during the day of you know, different people that were on the on the ship.
3: Special agents talked to as many of the approximately 2,900 passengers and crew as possible. Amy's mother, Iva, recalls several individuals on board who appeared to take a special interest in Amy.
4: My family said. There's a bunch of people on here that have been around Amy and interested in Amy, and I need for y'all to talk to them because, you know, in a couple days, this ship's gonna dock and everybody's gonna leave.
3: Several witnesses recall seeing Amy in the ship's disco.
2: Folks came forward and accounts and statements were made that she was with several individuals, from people that were crew members to people that were, of course, passengers.
3: Many sources recall seeing Amy with a man named Alistair Douglas,
4: also known as Yellow.
2: There was one particular crew member that she was dancing with. He was a member of the band, the Blue Orchid.
4: Two girls, and they were saying that, we saw Amy with Alistair Douglas. We saw her, and she went up an elevator, and he was with her early, early, early in the morning. The witnesses
3: say they recall seeing Amy and Douglas together before dawn, after Brad went to sleep. But the exact time is difficult to
2: verify. You know, you're vacationing. You're on a cruise. Everybody's from all across the country. No one has the proper time. You know, you're in international waters. But we did have folks come forward. People saw her on the deck walking around, going into the elevator. All accounts that we truly believe are genuine.
3: Brad is haunted by an encounter he had with Douglas just a few hours after Amy went missing.
1: I'm sitting by the pool at a table and up walks this guy yellow um, Alistair Douglas and the first thing he says is oh, I'm sorry to hear about your sister and wasn't thinking at the time I was just kind of overwhelmed with w- the thoughts I was having and I was just kind of like yeah th- you know thanks
3: in retrospect Brad finds the timing of Douglas's expression of sympathy suspicious
1: there had been no announcement made Uh, There was no loudspeaker about her disappearance or the fact that she was missing. So, again, looking back, what did he know happened to my sister?
3: FBI investigators agree that Douglas is somebody they need to talk to right away.
2: For this particular case, because the uh, individual that was a member of the crew, that was a member of the band that was playing that evening, that Amy saw and was dancing with, was essentially could be the last individual to see her that day.
3: Douglas agrees to submit to a polygraph exam. Afterwards, Amy's father Ron says he's troubled by Douglas's seeming nonchalance.
5: He came out of the interview smiling with his thumbs up to his band members like everything's everything's cool. It made me feel like I wanted to strangle him, actually. I knew what was going on, I knew he had been with Amy.
3: Douglas tells investigators that he knows nothing about Amy's disappearance. After countless hours of interviews at sea, the FBI investigation doesn't produce any other viable leads. They can't even confirm the times that the Bradleys think they last saw Amy in their cabin.
2: By 4 a.m. to 7 a.m., we have a gap of time that we just don't have the answer to. We don't know what happened
3: on march 28th ron iva and brad fly back to chesterfield without amy reeling from their loss
2: you have a family that went and started a week ago in a joyous state happy to be there family vacation to now they have to return back to their home without their daughter
5: it was just kind of a surreal trip knowing that we were coming back without
3: amy It's been one week since 23-year-old Amy Bradley went missing from a cruise ship crossing the Caribbean Sea. Now back home in Virginia, her parents Ron and Iva do everything in their power to spread the word about her disappearance.
5: We didn't leave the computer. I mean, you know, stayed on the phone, you know, emails, people calling us.
4: We did set up a website for Amy. We just we just knew that we could not put our head down and go to bed because we knew that Amy was counting on us.
3: At the same time, the FBI deepens its own investigation into the life of Amy Bradley. Special Agent Bradley Bryant spends weeks conducting interviews with people from Amy's life.
6: I found that uh, Amy was... Very outgoing, uh, very friendly person. Uh, She had an upbeat personality. Pretty much everyone I interviewed said that she had a lot of friends. Uh, She's the kind of person who could strike up a conversation with anyone and often did. The FBI's research generates no further clues, but indicates that at
2: least one possibility is highly unlikely. There's all different scenarios because people, of course, would say, oh, she committed suicide. But when you look through everything and you peel back that onion and you look at the type of person that Amy was, this isn't an individual that would commit suicide.
6: She was excited about starting a new job with her uncle's business when she returned from the cruise. She just got a new apartment uh, a couple months earlier. She just gotten a new dog, I believe, so things were going good in her life.
3: To encourage people to come forward with information. The Bradleys appear in the media to publicize their reward of $260,000 for Amy's safe return.
2: When you offer that amount, you're trying to, of course, glean anything from anybody. Sometimes you get good information and good folks, and sometimes you don't. Weeks
3: pass, and no one comes forward. The FBI investigation is stalled. In April, a month after she went missing... Amy's father, Ron, and her brother, Brad, ramp up their efforts in the search even more.
2: Mr. Bradley and the son, Brad, decide to go back down to Curacao to see if they can find any additional leads.
1: I feel like we had to do something. We just had to go back and look. We were passing out flyers we had brought down with us uh, about the reward uh, for information leading to where she was or what happened to her.
3: Ron and Brad talked to dozens of local people and tourists, and their persistence soon pays off with an intriguing tip.
5: I was approached by an old island guy. He was a taxi driver. And he said, Are you the
1: father of
5: of the girl that's missing? I say, Yes, I am.
1: And he turned to my dad and said, I want you to know that your daughter did not fall from that ship. She's here on this island, and I hope you can find her. And then we kind of, you know, looked at each other like, oh my God, this is, this is it. The taxi
3: driver says he actually spoke to Amy face to face.
1: He says, well,
5: I can remember her coming up to my cab and asking me where a phone was.
3: The taxi driver suggests three specific places on the island where he thinks Ron and Brad should search for Amy. The first location they investigate is a resort on the south coast of the island.
5: It was a big resort right on the beach and there was about two vehicles at the whole resort. It was a ghost town. I mean, there was nobody anywhere. So we left there and we went to these other two areas and walked around and did what, whatever we thought we could possibly do.
3: Ron and Brad hit dead ends at all three locations suggested by the taxi driver. The next day, as they are searching other neighborhoods of Curaçao, Brad hears something that makes him stop in his tracks.
1: The turning traffic light changes and these cars are driving by and I hear, Brad, it sounded exactly like Amy calling my name. And it seemed as if it came from a car that was passing us.
5: He said it was just as clear as day.
1: I just heard her voice, Amy!
5: And he said in his mind, it was Amy.
3: They approached the vehicle, unsure of what might greet them there.
1: Just a person in a car.
3: Ron and Brad stay on the island for another two days, but uncover no further leads.
5: I didn't know what else to do, where else to go, so I just told Brad, I just said, we, you know, we just need to go ahead and go on home.
3: They head back to Chesterfield, Virginia. While waiting for their connecting flight in the Miami airport, Ron and Brad receive a disturbing phone call from Iva.
7: Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com, And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. a man who says he's with the island's police force,
3: calls Iva with a shocking update in Amy's case.
4: He informed me that they had found a body, and that it was a female, and that she had brown hair,
2: and that she was about Amy's size, and they believed it was Amy. I mean, it's not all the time you find bodies in the water, but in the Caribbean, things do happen.
3: The news is shattering to Iva, Ron, and Brad.
4: I can remember immediately starting to vomit. Ronnie wasn't there. They were on their way back.
3: Dutch authorities conduct a series of forensic tests to determine the identity of the body.
2: They were trying to look to see if that individual was, you know, of course, Amy.
4: And it was not. It was a partial piece of a spine, and it was found not to be that of a woman.
3: The Bradleys are relieved. For the next 13 months, Amy Bradley's family and the FBI cope with a flood of other tips, but none turn out to be credible. That all changes in May of 1999, when Amy's case is featured on an episode of America's Most Wanted. A Canadian scuba diver named David Carmichael sees the episode and immediately recalls a young woman he saw on a Curacao beach in August of 1998— five months after Amy went missing.
2: Mr. Carmichael came forward and said that he had seen Amy. He believed it was Amy on the beach area, Um, believed it was her with some individuals.
3: Carmichael tells the FBI that the woman looked just like Amy. He recalls a specific detail that makes Ron and Iva Bradley believe she might actually be their daughter. Amy has several tattoos including a very distinctive image on the left side of her back.
4: She designed her own tattoo for her left shoulder blade, and it is Baby Taz, the Tasmanian devil. That's the tattoo that uh, David pointed out on her left shoulder blade.
3: After months of false leads, could this finally be the tip they've been waiting for? Well, maybe
5: that was her. She's still alive. She's still She's here.
3: 14 months after Amy Bradley disappeared from her cruise ship cabin, a Canadian scuba diver named David Carmichael tells the FBI he saw her in Curacao five months after she vanished. Carmichael is so certain it was Amy that he agrees to meet the Bradleys in person.
5: And that gave us a lot of hope to say, well, she, she's on the island now. We just got to find her.
3: Carmichael recalls seeing a woman matching Amy's description on a Curacao beach. He says the woman had tattoos similar to Amy's, and she was accompanied by two aggressive men. FBI investigators say it's the most credible tip they've had since Amy went missing.
2: At that point in time, what we do, we have our legal attaches down in that region. They work tirelessly to find out if that information could be valid, could it be true.
3: But there are complications to vetting Carmichael's story. Due to the fact that Curacao is not under American jurisdiction, FBI agents find it difficult to operate on the island.
2: We are at, I guess you could say, at the mercy of their loss or at the mercy of their police departments. And that right there is a, is a huge challenge for us.
3: Special agents follow up on the tip, combing the beaches for any signs of Amy or the men David Carmichael reported seeing with her.
2: Unfortunately, it revealed negative results, and we were not able to corroborate anything.
3: With another seemingly promising lead hitting a wall, the investigation slows for three months, even as FBI agents continue to work with local law enforcement on the island. But then, in August of 1999, 17 months after Amy went missing, the Bradley family gets a phone call from an acquaintance who
4: suggests a radical new approach to finding Amy. He said he had someone that was special forces and that this fellow was interested in helping us find Amy.
3: The Bradleys contact the private investigator, a man named Frank Jones. He tells them he specializes in cases like Amy's.
5: He was just telling us that he was instrumental in finding people that were missing. He was very, he was very good at what he did.
3: Jones tells Ron and Iva He has a team he works with to conduct intelligence gathering missions, as well as contacts in Curacao. Within days, he reports back to them a stunning piece of information. Amy is still on the island. She has allegedly been spotted several times on the beach in the company of several men. Jones proposes a mission to see if the rumors are true and asks the Bradleys for more than $24,000 to get his operation off the ground.
5: He needed money in order to pay his gas and to, you know, the travel and the expenses associated with that.
3: Tim Buchholz, a former Special Forces agent himself, works as a member of Frank Jones's team.
1: What we had was a uh, list of like hunches and clues and past history on the island, supposedly. And we checked out all the locations that were on those.
3: Buckholt says his team is told that Amy is being held against her will.
1: They knew where the house was that with Amy. They knew where the drug dealers that were handling Amy.
6: She was alive, but she was in captivity.
1: According to Jones,
3: Amy's captors are local drug runners who are demanding ransom from the Bradleys for her safe return.
4: When somebody takes your daughter, you'll do anything to find your child.
3: According to the Bradleys, Jones tells them that he's ready to start planning a rescue operation for Amy, but he needs more money to pay his men. The Bradleys are overwhelmed by the prospect of seeing their long lost daughter again, but want to be certain that Jones's story is legitimate.
5: And we said, well, we can't get any more money for you until you provide us some type of proof, pictures, videotape, whatever.
3: As instructed, Jones sends along photographic evidence The pictures depict a young woman on the beach in the company of unidentified men, very similar to the circumstances described three months earlier by David Carmichael.
4: The pictures that he provided were a blonde guy and pictures of a girl with a hat, a towel thrown over her shoulder, and Amy's tattoos.
3: The photos are enough to dispel whatever suspicions the Bradleys may have had Convinced that Jones has actually seen Amy, Iva and Ron wire him $100,000 to fund the operation in Curacao and take it to its conclusion, a mission to rescue Amy
6: Bradley from her captors. In October of 2000, he tells them he's, he's ready to execute the mission.
4: He's got coordinates and he's got location. Jones tells the Bradleys to fly down to
3: Miami and to have a jet standing by to fly to Curacao and extract Amy when he gives them the all-clear.
4: I had her bags packed. I had lined up doctors to see her. I had lined up somebody that could help her, you know, with the mental state.
3: Ron and Iva fly down to Miami as instructed and anxiously wait in their hotel room, anticipating a call from Frank Jones announcing that he's successfully rescued their daughter.
4: It was just a sleepless, exciting, but terrible, terrifying nightmare that any minute we were going to have Amy.
3: The Bradleys stay by the phone for one week.
4: And then there we sit in this hotel room and no Amy.
3: Jones finally gets back in touch with very bad news.
5: He had to abort the mission because some of his men had been injured in a, in a gunfight with Amy's captors.
3: It is another devastating blow to the Bradleys. But before they can pack up and make their way back to Virginia, Ron and Iva receive a phone call from Jones' team member, Tim Buckholtz that changes everything they thought they knew about Frank Jones.
4: Little did Frank Jones know that he had invited an individual to come on the search with him that was able to determine very quickly that he was a scam and that he was a fraud.
3: Nearly four years after Amy Bradley vanished, her parents have been funding private investigator Frank Jones's mission to rescue her from captivity in Curacao. But Ron and Iva Bradley are just learning that Jones is a con man, and they have been his victims.
6: Indeed. he, he did not know where she was and did not have Amy under uh, physical surveillance.
3: Jones's team member, Tim Buchholz, tells Ron and Iva that he was eavesdropping when Jones called them, purportedly while he and his team were staking out the
1: bungalow. We were at one of the local bars in, in back one of the hotels, and I'm listening to Frank tell, I think it was Iva, what, what they were doing and stuff. I, I think he was telling the family that they had reconnaissance crews out and they are looking at this, looking at that.
5: Tim told us that I want you to know that Frank Jones is a fraud and he's down here sipping Don Perignon on your nickel.
3: Ron and Iva alert the FBI, and agents swiftly launch plans to apprehend Jones. The Bradleys are stunned by the audacity of his con operation.
4: And I'll never understand in a million years, he's a father. How in the world do you tell parents that you know where their child is and you're going to go get her? And it all be a lie.
3: Jones flees Curacao and flies into Virginia, but he's arrested by FBI agents as soon as he hits the tarmac.
6: The Richmond Division opened a, a fraud case in this matter, and uh, over the course of the next uh, year to 18 months, uh, investigated it thoroughly, and uh, we ended up indicting Frank Jones for, for wire fraud. Frank Jones
3: later pleads guilty to mail and
6: wire fraud and is sentenced to five years in
3: prison. He is ordered to pay back the Bradleys in full. But despite the loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen from them, Ron and Iva feel the most precious resource Frank Jones robbed from them isn't money.
4: He had taken time about away from us being able to really, you know, search for Amy because we put all our eggs in that basket.
3: The next three months pass with no credible sightings of Amy. Then, in May 2002, a former naval officer comes forward with a troubling story. Four years earlier, when Amy was 23 years old, he had encountered a young woman in a Curacao brothel, who he is now
4: convinced was Amy Bradley. The girl leaned over and said, My name is Amy Bradley, and I need your help.
3: She didn't tell him why. The former naval officer says he didn't contact authorities at the time, because he was afraid he would be punished by the military for being in a brothel.
2: He was part of the military, and you're not supposed to be, you know, doing those, uh, those sorts of things at that time. And then when he saw additional things on the news media and realized who he possibly could have seen, that's when he came forward.
3: The FBI sends local agents to investigate the former officer's story.
2: And at that time, we did try to exploit that, go down to that brothel,
3: Agents hope locals can confirm the sightings of Amy. But when they arrive, they hit yet another dead end.
2: The brothel, actually, at that point in time when the agents were there, it had burned down to the ground.
3: The former officer's sighting is hopelessly compromised by the passage of time. Still, agents remain undeterred.
2: You're not getting down there at that time when that person was seen. But it, you know, at least we're getting information. At least people are calling.
3: In 2005, Seven years after Amy's disappearance, another alarming tip comes in.
5: Somebody sent us a photograph of, of a girl they said they thought was Amy, and she was on a bed, not clothed very well, and it looked very much like, like Amy.
2: And it was a, on an internet site for prostitution down in the Caribbean. There was a female that was pictured as advertising for goods, if you will.
5: We didn't know where it came from, we didn't know actually when it was taken. we didn't know anything other than we had the picture
2: The Bradleys sent it to a po- actually a person that actually works with the FBI now to do facial you know comparison
5: and he said in his opinion it was our daughter.
3: the apparent photographic evidence that their daughter is a victim of sex trafficking sends Ron and Iva into a tailspin
2: We did follow that lead. The difficult part is. Back then, information such as that or pictures such as that, you cannot tell when they're altered.
3: Agents on the ground in Curaçao have no luck finding the mysterious woman in the photograph. And the FBI can't determine its authenticity, so the lead goes nowhere. Amy Bradley has now been missing for 20 years. She would be 43 years old. Her case remains open, and FBI agents continue to chase down credible leads. Investigators haven't given up on their goal of solving this case and bringing some answers to the Bradley family.
6: There's still several possibilities out there as to what happened to Amy.
2: Until we find the answer, until we have someone that comes forward, until we have someone possibly on that ship that you know saw or heard something, we're going to keep investigating, and we're not going to stop.
3: Iva, Ron, and Brad live in the hope that they will one day find out what happened to their beloved daughter and sister.
1: It's torturous to think about a million things and just, have, just not know. But as time has gone on, I've learned that not knowing is the only thing that allows us any hope. I was blessed to have Amy uh, for as long as I did.
4: Even though it's been this many years and it's hard for me to even say that we're coming up on 20 years. We believe Amy's out there. We have followed some crazy stuff, but if you don't, it might be that one time, you know, that it could be her.
3: If you have any information about Amy Bradley or her disappearance, please contact the FBI at 202-278-2000.
5: They were called Habitat, Coral Cliffs, and Kadushi Cliffs. And I asked him, I said, why are these areas? And he said, well, this is where boats come and go freely. He says, your, your daughter's on this island, and I hope
1: you can find her. We then went to each of these places. There were two of them that, were, that you got a bad feeling about.
3: Brad and Ron proceed anyway determined to follow all possible leads while on the island.
1: There's this little tiny beach down this long stairway at the back of this hotel, and this place had a casino. that was pretty large, this outdoor bar setting. I could see boats coming and going from the little marina that they had down there,
5: but didn't see anybody
1: else out of this whole resort. The place is deserted. We walked up, and we are like, yeah, you know, this place is looks it's it looks amazing, but there was nobody around. I mean, there was nobody anywhere.
3: Brad and Ron wonder why the taxi driver led them to such a remote location on the island.
1: He
5: said when you go to these places, don't ask any questions, just watch and just just observe. We walked around and did what whatever we thought we could possibly do.
3: After ruling out the abandoned resort, Ron and Brad visit the other two areas suggested by the taxi driver and hit dead ends at both.
5: I mean, I don't. I look back now at some of the things that we did, and we had no idea where to look or who to talk to or what to do.
4: I knew the investigation would take that long because they had to do every single thing to make it right so that they could get him and get the conviction.
5: It felt good to know that, that he was caught
3: After enduring the 18-month investigation, the Bradley family say they find satisfaction in seeing Jones prosecuted for his crimes against them. FBI agent Jim Schmidt calls the family when he has Jones in custody. We
5: were called and told that they had him and to meet. If we want to, we can meet him down in Richmond at the federal building, watch him march him into the federal building,
3: which we did.
4: One of the uh, nicest days of our lives.
3: But the Bradleys say their satisfaction at Jones' conviction pales in comparison to the nightmare he inflicted upon them. Despite the conviction
6: of Jones, the Bradley family is no closer to finding Amy. Frank Jones looks like he might have seen an opportunity to get some money from this family. He knew how much effort they were putting into finding Amy and took advantage of that.
4: Judge Williams stated that he would have liked to have put him away for a very, very long time. I think he got off real light.
5: Really taking two years out of our life with us thinking we knew where Amy was. It was just a matter of getting to her.
3: Special agents say families of missing persons are always targets for scam artists like Jones.
2: In all types of cases, particularly missing persons cases and kidnapping cases. The victim's family are so, so vulnerable when they put themselves out there. They put themselves out there in the media, and um, it's just very easy for people to prey on these victim's families.
3: Three months later, in December of 2005, the Bradleys receive another intriguing tip, which takes the investigation over 600 miles from Curacao to a department store on the island of Barbados. A woman named Judy Maurer reports an odd encounter she had in the restroom of the shop. She had gone
5: to the bathroom and went in the stall and said she could hear men talking.
3: Mora realized the men were actually in the women's room and she became frightened.
4: And her initial thought was, I'm either in the wrong bathroom or something's not right.
3: According to Moore, she exited the bathroom stall and saw a woman matching Amy's description who looked distraught.
5: And um, she started a conversation with her and she says, what is your name? And she said, my name's Amy.
4: She said her only reaction was, I have a daughter named Amy. And she said when she did that, she heard rustling and carrying on and the door opened up a little bit and then she she knew that it was a bad situation.
3: Moore says the men appeared to be controlling the girl who looked like Amy. When she tried to exit the
5: bathroom, there were men standing outside the bathroom that wouldn't let her out, and she said she had to kind of fight her way through these men.
3: Moore is interviewed by the FBI, which then sends agents to Barbados to follow up on her account. The FBI creates composite sketches of the men Judy saw in the
2: department store. And then we put that out in the media. We put that out in the media down there as well as in the media in the United States, trying to glean any information possible uh, to see if that information was valid.
3: Agents also visit the department store in Barbados to question employees about the men.
2: Unfortunately, uh, trying to locate any of those individuals did not furnish anything uh, valid.
3: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project,